0: You're listening to another AmbitiousEntrepreneurNetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show.
1: Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast, the podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase
0: their knowledge and skills. And welcome to episode 11 of a business women australia podcast i'm your host Marie cross the podcasting queen joining me on today's show is heather warner heather has 30 years experience in organizational development industrial relations and human resource management across both private public and not-for-profit sectors in wa east coast and uk including rio great central minds and asg she established a company wca people and culture solutions in 2000 and now employs eight staff and on today's show heather's going to share simple tips to manage and prevent poor performance how to have clear and courageous performance conversations that make a difference as well as why the current trend away from traditional annual performance proposals doesn't really mean the end of performance management and so much more. So welcome to the show, Heather.
1: Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. It's nice to be here.
0: The topic that you want to talk about today, of course, is all about how to manage, how to prevent poor performance, as well as really having those conversations that's going to empower and inspire our team to, uh, to be their best. And that's something that so many businesses, sadly, uh, struggle with, isn't it?
1: Mm, absolutely it's just it's such a challenge and it's often the thing that keeps managers awake at night Um, it's the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning if you've got a staffing challenge so yeah it's often really taking up a lot of a lot of time and energy.
0: Yeah, and, you know, as we know, our team uh, are the one of the most important assets in our business. So we want to make sure that uh, they are working to their full performance and, of course, that we provide in the right environment in which we can do so. So let's talk about some of the things we need to be aware of that will enable us to manage and, of course, prevent poor performance.
1: Look, I think I think the most important thing is to recognise that you need to have those conversations. The conversations need to be clear and, and candid at the beginning of the employment relationship mm-hmm. and throughout the pl- employment relationship setting expectations mm-hmm.
0: do you find that businesses then or, or leaders then when they're thinking about having a conversation that number one they try and avoid that because it's awkward having conversations and sometimes mm. you know it's with someone who we really do trust and, and like but something's just not happening and they're not performing to to you know the expectations that the organization has set why do you think we're struggling with having these conversations
1: I think there's a couple of things that happen, Anne-Marie. Um, managers within businesses, you know,
0: we're all really time poor mm-hmm.
1: typically and so you'll often find there's the situation where managers are sort of having those conversations on the fly. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking that you're being clear about perhaps expectations that you've set and, look, you know, this has happened to me this week. I th- I thought that I was clear about a particular expectation for a staff member, and when I looked at the email afterwards, I thought actually it wasn't very clear at all. <laughs> yeah. So you know we all do it. Um. So that's that's you know that's the, the sort of the mistake that we make without intending to, and then it's mm-hmm. going back and redoing it. And of course maybe there's already there's already concerns that have been raised, or maybe there's already some damage that's been done potentially with a client or or whatever. I think the other part, which I think is where you are you know leading to, is is avoiding the conversation because, as you say, the person's good in so many ways. They're doing a great job in a lot of areas, but there's just this there's this thing that mm-hmm. isn't working quite so well. Maybe it's because they're always late. Maybe it's because, you know, they are, you know, a bit rude to some of um, the other staff members. You know, it's those types of things where we're sort of going, oh, everything else is okay, so I'll just I'll just see if it improves. I'll just mm-hmm. kind of live with it for a bit. But unfortunately, the longer you live with it, the more damage that's done
0: yes and that's something that you mentioned earlier around when we're having these conversations we need to ensure that we're clear right at the beginning of uh, their employment and then throughout as well do you find that it's because we don't address it when it happens and and have that open conversation hey you know and we're going to talk about how to have some of those clear and courageous performance conversations Mm -hmm. is it because we're not addressing it when we should is it the timing factor too if we addressed it right where it was happening we wouldn't have the heartache That's so often we see happen in organisations
1: absolutely that is that is Mm. absolutely what happens 90% of the time we allow something and in in effect by allowing something to happen Anne-Marie we're actually condoning that behaviour and so it will just
0: continue yes Yeah, absolutely. And I think also too, in some organisations case, you know, we hire a team because there is a new project or the workload has gotten so great that the existing team can't, um, can't support that workflow, workload. Mm. uh, And we haven't put into place clear uh, parameters, clear guidelines. Because often, you know, as, as team, uh, they're not clear on what they need to do. So I think we need to set those expectations uh, even before we communicate them. You find that too across organisations?
1: Yes, yes, that's correct. Mm. And I think the other thing is that in our our current workplaces, change is is happening so much more rapidly and so much more frequently. You know, the goalposts are moving all the time. Mm. Um, Change is so apparent in our workplace, so much more so than it has been, you know, over the last sort of Twenty years—it's just increased in its in its rate, yes. and so and so, um, yeah. You're kind of managing on the fly all of the time, so the adaptability of managers and the subsequent teams is really important. And part of that is is of course changing expectations.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you should say that because I remember many many decades ago when I first started working, it was with. complete interest where I would observe a leader, a manager, who would often, because of the changing demands of clients, in a a flap would go running out to the factory to, sorry, drop that, we need to switch, you know, change gears and so forth. His continual, um, you know, disruption of their team caused the poor performance as leaders we need to be very mindful about how we approach our team don't we and and yes there may be pressures on us but we want to manage those conversations in a way that's not going to disrupt the yeah the environment in the way in which our team works Love some insights around that too
1: yeah look i think i think that's a really valuable point as leaders uh, uh someone shared with me one time that i think as a leader, you're like a lightning rod um and you attract you attract the lightning but you have to be the calm you have to mm. then direct it <laughs> and channel that lightning i always thought that was a really interesting analogy it is <laughs> um, yeah. but but as a in, in a broader sense you know to to actually respond to your question I think I think the thing is that um you know there are there are different styles there are different approaches different communication that's required for different people mm-hmm. and a really good leader is a leader that actually has the the insight to recognize that for Jane I need to I need to keep her up to date all of the time I need to you know, keep her informed with everything that's happening because she she needs to know everything. Mm. Uh, With Bob over here, I just need to give him the overall view and then leave him to it because if I kind of interrupt him, I get in his way and it actually flusters him more. Mm -hmm. And then with John over here, I need to set some really clear expectations and I need to tell him when he needs to come back to me with some feedback as to how he's going. And I need to really actually interrogate that not just the how's it going John oh good okay great you're, you're going well you actually need to have the real conversation around so show me where you're up to okay and how's that going is there anything that you still need help with understanding what's the next step what are you planning you know those kinds of conversations mm-hmm.
0: as leaders are we are we achieving that or is there a room for improvement and growth in recognizing our team's communication preferences
1: look I think and marie we all can always improve in this area and of course we have team wow. members that they're people as well so they they're not just a robot that you know one size fits them all of the time we've already established that not one size fits all but yes. but you know john and jane and i can't remember bob <laughs> they're actually not they're not always operating in exactly the same mode at all at all times they've got things that are going on for them at home Or at work or or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's impacting how they're having a conversation, how they're showing up to the conversation as well. So, so we need to be constantly adapting our approach to, you know, and through, and that's through asking questions as well. We'll get to that in a minute around those requests. Mm -hmm. It's actually asking them good questions as to where they're at and, and actually stopping and listening.
0: Yeah, I know for some leaders, particularly those that have a really direct approach, uh, say it how it is, calls a spade a spade, and we're dealing with team members who have, who really value a bit of the softly, softly approach, if you will, and a bit more, yeah, nurturing. For them, coming up with the kind of questions that will allow that dialogue can be really difficult. Do you have some example scripts that you can share for those of people who are listening today and think, I, I can't even think, how do I even approach that?
1: the the start is as leaders let's mm. let's be the leader first because I think the the person whose behaviour we can only change is our own yes. <laughs> we yeah, can't true. expect everyone else to change mm. their behaviour to accommodate for me you know the, the, I think the first step is yeah recognizing what is a clear request and a clear request is is basically something that's um, you know a, a SMART request. We've heard that acronym before, I think, um, Anne-Marie, but, you know, just to go through it, something that's specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. So it, the can you do X for me to Y standard by Z timeframe would mm. be the example. So that's a nice clear request. Yes. Yeah. If we don't have all of those elements in that request, and sometimes it's implicit, but if we don't have all of those elements in that request, implicit or otherwise, chances are it's not going to be get delivered mm-hmm. <laughs> to the level that you want or in the time frame that you want or to the person that you want. Yeah. So I think that's the starting point. And that's the request from the manager.
0: Yeah.
1: And one of the things that I sort of talked about in in um, my preparation for you was the sloppy request. So the sloppy request is, you know, is that flyby request where you <clears throat> you're sort of running past your your employee and you say, oh, you're all good to get, you know, the, the report out to John this afternoon and then off I go to my to my next meeting. Now, the lovely person I've just left that request with, it was a sloppy request. It mm. didn't – it sort of said this afternoon so it gave a time frame. It talked about the report but it certainly didn't talk about the standard of the report that I want to John. Now, maybe that's really, really clear yeah. but, but maybe it's not. And so, you know, th- therefore that poor employee is left – kind of wondering. And I'm now in a meeting, so I'm now uncontactable. Um, So they have to make the best of, of that situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, also as leaders, um, if you approach that in a way that is a smart way, uh, creating an Mm -hmm. environment in which that team member can come back with a conversation to us so it doesn't feel like they're they're going to have their head bitten off kind of thing, so that they can say, well, actually, so-and-so has given me additional work, uh, you know, because they need to juggle them. They need to find out how, how, you know, complex is this and, and how critical is that so that they we can help them make the decision as to what needs to be done first if we can't provide those environments in which they feel safe to even have that conversation it's going to be very difficult for us to um, to have performance conversations down the track if we need to yes
1: absolutely and I think the <clears throat> the flip side to that smart request is the um is the effective response now there's actually only five possible responses to any request mm-hmm. and that forms the commitment loop so ah. Yes. yes, is one? Yeah, <laughs> no is another. The commit to commit later. so I actually I actually can't answer that now, Anne-Marie, but I can get back to you by five o'clock today and let and have a look at it for you. So I'm not actually saying I'll do it. It's not a yes, but it's a I will definitely look at it by this time. That's the commit mm. to commit later. Then there's the counter offer. Um I can't get it to you by five, but I could certainly get it to you first thing tomorrow morning. It's the counteroffer. Mm-hmm. So that's the four, and then there's the plus one, and that's the slippery maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and the slippery maybe, if you, you know, just to give an example, the slippery maybe is, and we all work with people like this and we have clients and suppliers like this. Oh, uh John, can you get that uh, report to me this afternoon? Yeah, yeah, I can definitely look at it. Mm. So is that a yes? No. Is it a no? No. <laughs> what is it? It's a slippery maybe. <laughs> and and I think in a lot of organisations we get really good at um, getting into the slippery maybe territory because it's a way for a lot of us to say no without saying no. Yeah. I think unfortunately for, for staff members, it's difficult to say no to colleagues and certainly to your boss. And there's a There's an implied requirement to do whatever your boss says to do. Mm -hmm. But I guess, I guess you need to be aware that those four options, let's not include the slippery maybe, those four other options, yes, no, commit to commit later or counter offer are all valid options. And I think we've lost them or their definition in the, in our vernacular in business. And we, we sort of all do the yes when we really either have no way in the world of achieving that or actually don't even, plan to do it just saying yes to keep the person quiet yeah make them go away Mm. so you so you can see how that starts to not be in a very very effective conversation and if you can imagine if you've got the request over on your left and you and the some form of um commitment or or response over on the right Mm -hmm. if you draw a circle or an oval between those two that's the commitment loop and that's in a in a clockwise direction that is that is how every single activity occurs in business that mm. commitment loop and if any part of that commitment loop is broken between those that request and that promise because it's actually a promise um it that's where the conversation falls apart so a job description is a form of a request that's a request that the company has made of you that you've been presented when you've started or when you move into a new role that outlines your your job. Yes. And and often you will sign at the bottom of that to say, yeah, I commit to doing this. Mm. Now, we all know that things change, but at the same time, if you sort of are not doing a whole, uh, you know, a bunch of duties on that job description, you're, you're failing in your promise, you're failing in your commitment. Yeah. So then it's up to the manager to then say, okay, well, on this job description, you know, you committed to do these 20 things, and, and I'm only seeing 10 of them, can we talk about what's happening with these other 10 or these other five? Um, the five, I know why those five aren't happening, but these five here, why aren't they happening? And that's that conversation that I think we're, we were talking about before that, that gets avoided. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's really <laughs> handy to have, um, you know, an understanding now around that commitment loop, because as leaders we can often go back and think about times where a team member was not able to deliver as to our expectations, and we that may be able to then track to see, oh right, we can see that the answer that they gave. Uh, was a slippery maybe. And then we should stop and say, well, okay, and then prompt them to either give a yes or a no, or a commit to commit or, or, you know, a counter offer to actually have that so that there is closure. There's a definite time outcome, uh, and, and not kind of that, that slippery maybe, uh, going on there. Yes. Absolutely. And, and
1: I think, you know, that the, the, the other side to it is, of course, you know, we're all in business and so there's things that change. So we talked about a job description, but just in a normal sort of state of affairs when you're in the business environment, let's say you have been asked by someone in another part of the business to complete a particular, let's say, report, and, and then other priorities have changed and you've now got something from, you know, someone who's perhaps in more authority, maybe it's the managing director that's now saying, actually, can you just put that to the side? I need you to do X. So it is also... Whilst there is the commitment to um, meet meet the commitment that you've already given, such as, yes, I'll get this report done for you, there's also the the requirement on you to be able to go back to the person who asked you to do that report and say, okay, my goalposts have changed. I've now got this from the managing director and I now need to put your thing on hold. So, you know, there's Mm -hmm. renegotiation all of the time. Similarly, let's say that the managing director has also come to see me and has said, I actually don't need that report that we were going to talk about because I'm now going to get you know I'm, I'm just going to approach it in a, in a completely different manner. Mm-hmm. So then it is up to the to that individual to go back and say I don't need that report anymore because we all know there is nothing more frustrating than doing a heap of work on something that you then no longer required, is no longer required.
0: Absolutely. And it can be one of the most deflating things, can't it, from a team member's point of view. You know, talking around having clear and courageous performance conversations really needs to, from the perspective of the team member, we need to, if we're the team member, be able to have a courageous conversation with the managing director or our direct manager if we find that people are coming to us and saying, I need this by you know, the end of you know, the end of business today when we just know that we cannot possibly with all the demands and the commitments that that have been placed upon us, that we can't deliver, that we can go back and say, Well, actually, and then work our way through that with that particular manager on the best outcome, whether it is critical and, and so forth. It it works both ways, doesn't it? it and that's why we see it as a loop, Anne yeah. Marie, because it is is it is
1: constant. Uh, you know revolving circle if you like or yeah. you know that where you, it's toing and fro it's that conversation that's going between the two people so it's it's really made up of multiple requests and multiple responses whatever those four of of, of one of those four yeah. whichever one it may be yeah. I think the other thing you know we've been talking about courageous conversations and I think and I sort of alluded to it at one point but I think the other thing that we're missing to mention is is how the emotions fit into it. Mm. I know that's you know it's a dirty wordy <laughs> business. E-word. We don't talk about feelings. Ooh, you know. ooh. <clears throat> but really, um, they are absolutely a part of every single thing that we do. Um, and of course, there's lots of decisions we're making where we don't particularly have any feelings around them. Can you do lunch now? <laughs> Will you? You know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. There's lots of conversations that don't include emotions, but certainly the conversations that we've been talking about. Such as courageous conversations when you perhaps want to raise with someone that you're not happy with their performance or that something in the job description isn't being done that you do need done to be done. Mm-hmm. Or similarly, as an employee or as a staff member, having to go back to a manager or a senior colleague or even just a colleague and say, uh, No, I can't do that for you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I can't do that for you. You can, you can, we all know that that creates a level of. Emotion in us, and and some people are, are more comfortable with that than others, and that is really the thing that is driving us to either have that conversation or not have that conversation, and it is also the thing that can can impact on how well that conversation goes, because of course the minute emotions are in, in the conversation, and we're no longer talking just about a task, but we're now talking about you mean. I am not doing this job well, or you—you mean you're not going to complete this task for me? You know, you can you know—that's when where where the um the conversation is driven from.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so important, (laughs) and I think you were talking uh, earlier around you know how we approach the conversation with our team member, being mindful of the way in which they um you know best take in information and respond in the way that we communicate if we've got someone who does require a little bit more support to, to and then we're direct that is really going to um, misalign with their with their values and how they you know and their emotion It's really going to, to come on edge so we need to be mindful about how we respond too, so that we don't cause yeah negative emotions too. do you have any kind of tips to, to or insights to share to help us better manage our emotions so that we don't Negatively impact our team members' emotions and vice versa.
1: Yeah, look, I do, Anne Marie, and and I've got some tips for both sides because I think as a as a as a leader, there is already um, uh, whilst we might want to avoid having those difficult conversations with a staff member, I guess we are already in a position of power and authority, so we've Mm. we've been given that just through our role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, you know, yes, you, you want to avoid um, having a conversation. Well, rather rather than avoiding, let's talk positively, what you want to achieve is having a win-win type conversation mm-hmm. where the staff member perhaps has been told where their performance isn't going as well as it could be, but they actually leave feeling positive and and ready to tackle that rather than deflated, demotivated and ready to quit yes. or in tears. Mm-hmm. So, um, and th- of course, this is why we, we often try and avoid these conversations because we don't want to upset p- people. So, you know, the tip for the leader in having that conversation is we, we've already talked about being mindful mm-hmm. of who that employee is and, and what they're like. And so, you know, do they prefer quite direct conversation or do they prefer something that's perhaps to be a bit softer? Um, I think the absolutely best way to approach it, no matter who that other person is, is to be honest, mm-hmm. but to be courteous, um, you know, and and to speak with integrity. So, you, you know, accusatory language, the way you did that was really poor, mm-hmm. is is a little bit accusatory, whereas if you could talk about the report that's, that you've completed here, I liked this section here, but this section here, I'm just concerned that it, it isn't reaching the audience or I'm just concerned that we might not quite be um, at the at the level that we need to be. you know what do you think? so yeah. it starts to become a conversation rather than I am right, I am your manager and you've done the wrong thing and you're a very bad person. yeah so I think that's the start of it. There's lots of tips and you know lots available yeah. around how you set that conversation up. Mm. I mean ideally it's in you know a closed room without the rest of the office listening in. That's not always possible, of course. Ideally, it's in a situation where you're perhaps, perhaps sitting next to each other and looking at the document together rather than me in my great big high-backed manager chair and you on the other side and the teeny-weeny visitor chair on the other side of my large, expansive, impressive desk. You know there's a few things like that that yeah. can actually help help the conversation. <laughs> um, so little little things like that, and you know of course, you know many many managers now have meeting tables in their in their offices and and would use them for that kind of conversation, certainly sitting next to each other and treating it as a problem shared as opposed to a you, you've done the wrong thing and you're yeah. a very bad person, mm-hmm. and certainly including things that you like or that are positive and things that you would like to see changed and the reason why so it gets back to that you know for Z reason or for Y reason
0: yeah i think i've heard feedback you know called sandwich feedback and there may be new yes. terms you know where you identify positive then an area of opportunity for growth and development and then ending again with something that's positive and provided in that way can be an incredibly um, you know, empowering for someone and, and just think about how would you prefer to to be approached in that way and if it's from, from that win-win as you said if you think of it from a win-win outcome and, and look at having a collaborative conversation to how can we make this happen together what do we need what maybe we didn't give them everything that they needed to to be able to do that uh, job mm. properly. Uh, I think it yep. really allows for that win-win outcome. Let's talk about then the, the the current trend that's moving away from traditional annual performance appraisals. And, of course, that doesn't really mean the end of performance management at all. Let's speak a little bit about this too.
1: Yes, I'd love to speak about that because it's been very topical. We're seeing a lot in the media mm. um, and a lot of our bigger... Um, Australian and international organizations are moving away from that annual performance appraisal. Mm-hmm. We've had a hot debate in our office about you know how this should look and what it should be about um, I've found it really interesting researching this because I think ultimately what the the research and, and the tr- the way the trends are going is to have frequent regular, timely feedback so we, we've already talked about having timely feedback mm-hmm. and really what this is saying is you know don't make the performance appraisal the time and, and we always knew this but I think it still was utilised in this way don't make the performance appraisal the the time when you actually finally do give them the positives and the negatives um, you know of their overall performance of the last 12 months, 6 months or even 3 months mm-hmm. you know be having those conversations really regularly. I think the other thing that's really changing or that's probably more of a shift is have the timely feedback. And, and there's lots of good managers out there that have been doing that for a long time and yet still having the annual performance appraisal. I think the other thing that's really changing is that goal setting and making those performance conversations, you know, as regular as sort of fortnightly, mm-hmm. weekly, monthly, um, and around, okay, goals, where are we at? How are you going with them? Look, I'm happy with this. I'd like to, I'd like to see a bit more of this or could you, could you focus more on this area? So it's, it's like, it's like a little mini appraisal that's happening constantly, but we're also seeing it linked to the goals. And that's enabling people to be more focused in this changing world that we've already talked about and our changing workplaces. And it's also enabling or providing a great forum for the manager to be able to set the, change those expectations. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we were talking about these goals last month. So, you know, keeping with one, two and three, but four has completely changed. As you know, that client's pulled out, blah, blah, blah. So now we're going to move to looking at this. Mm-hmm
0: great insights there and you know so often as leaders what we tend to do is when we think about performance outcomes and and performance appraisals is we tend to only focus on areas for growth and opportunity for further development yet we forget sometimes to praise and reward you know verbally reward or however way you know your organization sees fit to to mention the things that are working really well the the areas of expertise that or how you know the approach in which our team members are doing their jobs because when we just and it's true just a comment say you know what you really shine when you do that kind of thing i really appreciate that that brings a lot of you know incredible outcomes for our team thank you so much when we do those kind of things it really strengthens you know that behavior and they think wow i want to do more of that because it's being noticed it's being recognized in the workplace and and we can never um you know go wrong when, when we continue to point out people's strengths and, and how they're contributing yes
1: yes Anne-Marie, in our, in any um, performance appraisal training that we do, I often do a segment on feedback. Yeah. Positive and negative feedback, which is, you know, certainly what you're talking about is the positive feedback. And the way that I describe it for people is it's actually a gift. Mm -hmm. And I often use the example of imagine if you go to a restaurant and it's a, a restaurant that's literally down the road from your house and they've been operating for years and it's, it's the kind of food you like, so maybe it's Thai, maybe it's Italian, maybe it's Chinese, I don't know. and And when you go to that restaurant, you know you've been going there for absolutely years, maybe once a month, maybe once every two months, but you can you you can pretty much walk. <laughs> you you turn up and they sort of typically sort of know you. they've got pretty good menu, it's really reasonably priced or just in the price range that you're really comfortable with. and And you can go there and you know that you're going to get a really really decent meal. It's going to be very comfortable good service and it's just nice. And when something changes in that restaurant, and let's say they've got a couple of new waitresses or waiters and, and the service has really gone a bit off the boil or maybe they've got a new chef and, you know, the lasagna or the <laughs> the, the whatever, the, the Vietnamese spring rolls that you've always ordered and now just not the same, mm-hmm. you know, you might not mention it the first time, but the second time when you go up to pay your bill... And you say to the manager, uh, that, or the, rather the manager says, "Ah, oh, you know, it's good to see you again. How did you, how did you enjoy your food? And you say, oh, actually, you know, there's most of us in, in all of the training that I've done, I often give this example. Most of us will actually make a comment then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, what about a restaurant that you go to overseas? It's a place that you've never been before. You've heard about this restaurant. You're looking forward to it. You go to the restaurant. It's abysmal. Really disappointing. It's a place that you've never been before and you're probably not going to go again. Are you going to give feedback as you leave? A lot of people won't. No. Because we don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't really care if that restaurant does well. I'm never coming back. They didn't do a great job, but I'm never coming back. Mm -hmm. The restaurant down the road, I'm invested in that restaurant. I want that restaurant to do well. It's really convenient to have a good restaurant down the road from me. So even when it's constructive feedback, even when it's negative feedback, we actually give it as a gift mm. because we want them to improve. Yes. So all feedback is a gift, mm-hmm. negative or positive. You're you're absolutely right. We should be giving more positive feedback and it can really build the trust and it can really build the relationship in, in the team and between you and that staff member and really create a, a really good culture. But timely and uh negative feedback that's been given in a, in with integrity can really go a long way too because You're saying, I actually value you enough to tell you Mm -hmm. that this isn't going so well and we could do this better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, look, Heather, I've loved uh, everything that you've said today and I think, you know, for many of us, we realise the relationships that we're building with stakeholders in our team, our key stakeholders in our business. It can take a long time to build that trust and sadly it can be diminished by our approach and how we uh, do Or how we, you know, create the environments in our workplace and how we respond or or not respond in some instances and in our courageous or what you talked about, courageous performance conversations. I know this is something we said earlier that many businesses still continue to struggle with and need support around. So if people have listened today and have thought, you know, I've loved what Heather has to say, would love to find out more information about uh, your company and, and how you can support our businesses, what's the best way for them to do that? Well we have a website we have
1: phones etc etc so website is www.wcasolutions.com we'd love to hear from people or our phone number here in Perth plus 61893833293. we'd love to hear from people
0: fantastic thanks so much for coming on the show Thanks, Anne-Marie.
1: It's been really enjoyable.
0: It certainly has. Well, there you go. I know that you've taken a lot of notes and certainly uh, have now what you need to start to have more clear and courageous performance conversations with your team that make a real difference. And please reach out to Heather and find out more about how her company can support you. To find out more about Business Women Australia and how you can become part of this dynamic collective of leaders and learners so you can gain the knowledge and skills that'll enable you to succeed in business, all you need to do is go to business businesswomenaustralia.com.au. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au. Hi, it's Anne Marie. Have you enjoyed listening to the show and have thought about creating your own podcast so you too can become an influential voice in your industry? But you just don't know where to start? I've created a special gift just for you. It's my free mini training, Podcasting with Purpose, where you'll learn what you need to do to stand out, be heard, and and influence your audience from your very first podcast i'm also giving you my step-by-step podcast production workflow checklist including the tools i use as well as a checklist of no-cost and low-cost tools to get you started to access go to annemariecross.com forward slash mini training that's annemariecross.com forward slash mini training